Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Stephen the Warman Writes Kick Fighting Podcast Show. I'm your host, Stephen the Warman. You are listening to this podcast in one of several ways. The most efficient ways are by entering Warman Kick Fighting Show into the iTunes search engine, and then also my blog, lrdtaul.podbean.com. I am back. I've been gone for a long time. I haven't been gone for no uh, reason at all. There have been projects that I've been working on. The first one is I have put together a video series of some of the great moments in kickboxing over the period of times that I've been watching it. So I have one series dedicated specifically just to the best women in uh, kickboxing and Muay Thai over the last... 20, 30 years. Um, uh, you guys will be able to see that. I have one dedicated to full rules Muay Thai. Uh, you guys will definitely get to see that. That goes all the way from, I think I started at 1990, maybe even 1989, all the way up to uh, uh, 2020. So I definitely put the time in there. Uh, and these aren't short videos. These are longer videos. And then also I just revisit, you know, uh, one takes us you from the journey of from training camp all the way through fights um it's just i really put a lot of time into them so i'm excited to get that series out i'm trying to decide on the date to drop those but the main reason why i've been gone is because i've been working on a lot of video projects now i realize a lot a lot a lot has happened since i've been gone and i'm definitely gonna try to get into it all but i really wanted to focus and make much of what's going on in the kickboxing and muay thai uh a world as I saw it, you know, once, you know, COVID hit, we weren't getting as many shows. I was like, man, I really want to put the time in to tell people how much I love the sport, uh, give them like a, a little background that if they never seen it before, and if they never even want to watch it in the future, what they wanted to, I want them to realize what kickboxing was, what Muay Thai is, uh, what some of the better stars and stand up fighting were. And I, I hope that you guys get a chance to, to sit down and enjoy them. I'll post them on my Facebook and on, um, uh, Twitter and just give everyone a great opportunity to go down that path with me. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into the action. Let's go ahead and start with this very week. This week, we've got triumph at number 11. It's going down June 12th. Uh, of course, the biggest names on it is Ace of Tempowies. He goes against, uh, Kevin Ross for what will be, uh, you know, Kevin Ross, of course, older. Um, and Asa is younger than Kevin, but, you know, it's not like Ace is in his 20s. Ace is a veteran. He's been in this game for a long time. His IFMA experience gives him a lot of uh, background with um, the, the classic Thai style. Uh, Kevin, of course, plays more of a Thai style. He's got a good low kick whip, and he could play a kickboxing style if he wanted to. Um, and he's, of course, fought kickboxing short-lived for the Bellator kickboxing organization, but mostly he's known for full rules Muay Thai. Uh, has a line fight title, um, just a very, very talented guy. He's been in the game for a long time. Um, if there is a Mount Rushmore of USA Muay Thai fighters, there's a strong argument for Kevin being on there. Not saying that you don't like other guys better, but for just straight Muay Thai, for what he means, what his role is in the sport, we're talking organizations that he fought for. We're talking uh, the fact that there was a uh, true life Muay Thai, you know, has him in it. Just his history in it, you really, really, really have to um, give recognition to the great run that was um, Kevin Ross's full ruled Muay Thai career. You know, it's 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 up there. It's it's formidable. It's, it's important. You know, wins or losses, he's gone against some of the best guys. 
he should get more due for that. Uh, I think the way history works is we were always going to, you know, look at the winners, and, and that's not always the case when you're going against the, the full rule ties because a lot of Americans are still do doing this as double job. You know, they're still working some regular job and then doing Muay Thai inside. That was most of his career, you know, so definitely want to give him his due. Uh, I think they're going to have a really, really fun back and forth. Uh, you know, Ace, of course, being the younger, stronger guy, going against better opposition and glory over the past three years. Uh, clearly, there's been the COVID break, but you take the COVID break away and the argument for who he's fought and who he is uh, is stronger than who Kevin has fought over the last three four years. So I can see a lot of people leaning in his direction because of that. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be some good, good uh, full rules action. Uh, they picked a tough night because, you know, it's a big UFC night. Um, you know, just it's... Uh, uh, there will be access to it and, you know, online streaming services. So uh, I'm not sure how many people are going to get the opportunity to see it, but I do think that it is important that um, people take the time and whether you see it in replay or live, check these guys out. It should be pretty good. Now their fight on the card is Troy Jones as he goes against Miguel and Joe Padilla. Uh, of course, both guys have got some good run. Both guys have had some success as far as IFMA goes, as far as uh, uh, the amateur. Um, I use IFMA as a background is because the most important thing about IFMA is guys fight each other on IFMA. You know, there are people who internationally don't get the opportunity, but they all come together for the big IFMA tournament. Now, that opportunity is there. So definitely shout out to um, both guys. Uh, Padilla is good. He's got some good fights, good res uh, resume. Um, I can't pick a winner in this one because I work with Trey Jones. You know, I had the opportunity to work with him a couple weeks ago. I uh, don't want to ruin journalistic integrity, but, you know, it was fun for me to help be a part of preparing Troy Jones for this. He's already in shape, and he's got a good camp and so on. So uh, with the glory background, with the guys who he's fought, Troy Jones has fought way better guys. You know, even if you just go off of going against Murphy Grunhardt, he's fought better guys. So um, I'm expecting uh, um, him to be at his best. Uh, and Padilla, of course, with his background and uh, who he's fought at IFMA, um, it should be a good one. And I was glad they were able to put this fight together because Troy Jones had mentioned he didn't have an opponent yet, though they had reached out. So excited and really hope this one goes down. Uh, uh, goes down and is as exciting as I think it'll be. Next fight I'm going to talk about is Amin Bella, uh, Bellacriff. I, I promised myself I wouldn't mess, mess his name up, and then I did it anyways. Bella. Krifk, I believe it's pronounced, and then Abraham Vidalis. Vidalis, of course, is a glory veteran as well, coming from, you know, uh, Mexico and uh, has a great following. He's got the great look. One of the younger guys in the fight scene. He had good momentum, even though he'd come off of a loss um, because he fought some really good guys. And he had a, a good streak, and, and uh, um, I think he was just preparing himself to be regular against the best guys in the world. You know, he put himself in that position. I think Abraham Vidalis is uh, in his prime. Amin, I know a little bit about him. I've seen him fight a couple times. I hate that I messed up his last name. He's a talented dude. You know, I really do think that he is um, uh, serviceable. I think this is going to be a good fight. It's going to be tough dealing with Vidalis. Everybody's coming off of a layoff in the kickboxing world for the most part. But should be a good one. Glad this one's coming together. Abraham Vidalis is uh, going to be the favorite just on name brand alone. But he's still a talented guy working hard. Uh, it's good to see the Instagram videos of him preparing, and should be a fun one. Next one I'm going to talk about is Tierra Branch. She goes against Coral uh, Carnicella. Um, Coral is a very good fighter. 
uh, who has a very good amateur background, and so is Tierra. Tierra, of course, Arizona, Coral there, and Florida. This is a good matchup. It's a good matchup. It's going to be a fun one. Um, I'm glad that it's pro. It could be amateur. I could be wrong there. Uh, but both girls have got extensive, extensive amateur careers. Both have uh, fought, you know, uh, on a high level at IFMA and had a lot of success. So it's what you want. You want to see the best fighting the best. That is what this sport will be no matter what goes on. Uh, I'm excited that they're putting this, that they're put that together. And, man, I'm excited they're able to put this event together because it really is tough. It's tough to keep these high-level events going um, in this period of time in the world. Uh, and now things are starting to clear up. UFC's had some success. Uh, NBA's starting to have crowds. We're starting to look like we're turning that corner and we're getting ourselves a little bit back to normal. So I'm excited for what could happen in the kickboxing world. Going to go ahead and now uh, pack it up and start talking about some cards that I normally would have put extensive talk into that I believe I missed. Um, now, some of this is repeat for you guys. I do apologize. I mean, mistakes happen. Mistakes happen. But I'm going to go ahead and take the time and just revisit some of the... I guess what I would call the better fights in the world. Like just, you know, just my personal opinion. I want to revisit them uh, over the past, what was it, month, two months that I've missed. And I think it's important that I do this simply because I, I don't want you guys to ever think that, man, I didn't prioritize or didn't make this, make much of or didn't think that this fight was worthy of. There's been some great stuff out there and I just haven't had the time to sit down and really break it down and talk about it, you know, so excited uh, that I can return, I believe my last show, I think I'm about, I think I missed maybe even two months, uh, I think the last show I talked about was um, uh, Yotes and Clyde Retirement, Jackie Bunton, uh, I think that I've missed some good stuff, so I'm going to take the time and revisit a lot of that stuff now, so I won't live there forever, but I'll live there long enough for those who be like, man, Steven, you didn't talk about blank blank? I will be here to talk about it now. So, first of all, we're going to talk about Takuro and his victory over Leona Pettis. The reason why this fight was good and the reason why this was important um, is because you want to see the best fight the best. And Leona Pettis been winning, you know, uh, getting KOs, building resume. There was extremely great riots on this. The excitement of the crowd, people wanted to know who was the best. And I think a lot of people believe Takuro was the best, but Leona Pettis really had the opportunity to not only come up, win, but also put on the kind of performance where if he gets that W, then we start putting him in the conversation with Tenshin Nasakawa instead of Takuru. Whereas we still want to see Takuru versus Tenshin. That is what we want to see when we see those two young guys go against each other uh, to see who is the best in the world at that weight class, in particular because Nasakawa just said that he wants to leave and go to uh, you know bigger, better things as far as the boxing world goes. Uh, a trend that's starting to happen a lot. You know, people are having success in kickboxing, running out of opponents, and then moving on to boxing. In particular, with uh, anyone being probably the biggest star in Japan as a boxer, it makes sense that kids would go, I want to be that. I want to grow up. I want to be that. I want to be part of that. So I've got no problem with people making that switch. Just heartbroken as a kickboxing fan that we don't have that full long-term home for them where they say, man, I want to be the champion every single year. I think that was one of the cool things about the K-1 World Grand Prix Tournament. It was the fact that every year you could have a champion of the year, which means if they wanted to do ever ventures, they could, but they still wanted to be the best of that year. Whereas if you have a title holder that carries it year to year, uh, it's really just that guy and the opportunity to beat that guy. 
and if that guy wants to move on and do other things, it does kind of, uh, you know, it hurts the game a little bit. You know, you want that guy to hang out to the next young star beats them, and then that's how the game continues. So, um, Takuro came out really focused on his boxing and the calf kick. You know, Pettis probably surprised by the calf kick a little bit. Tried to get his boxing going. He, uh, at one period of time, pushes the pace, and then he gets in the Takuro range because he's not using his back step escape as much because of the calf kick. Maybe trying to prepare for it, maybe trying to get offense back. But they get into exchange, and uh, Takuro was able to score something big. Gets a knockdown. Uh, Pettis gets up. Takuro's back on the hunt. Gets out of the round. They go into round two. And this is where you're like, you got to calm it down. you got to get back to your offense. Because Pettis is still scoring at this period of time. He's having good moments. But Takuro is having bigger moments. Round two, another big knockdown scores. Pettis gets up. He's trying to get himself back in the game. It becomes a firefight. Uh, but Takuro is all about the firefights. He's able to knock them down again with the right hook. Get the uh, TKR, the KO stoppage in the second round. Crowd goes wild. The internet buzz for this was amazing. It was the highest... Uh, of level fighters it was a true want to know who the best in the world fight and it had a true best in the world outcome winner you wanted to see that kind of imprint you wanted to see that kind of stamp and Tucker really proved himself Pettis is going to be fine you know it's kickboxing you know if Pettis stays you know hangs out long enough and Takuro hangs out long enough they could do this again down the road but this was their stage this was for the 60 kg title and clearly Takuro came away with it he continues his star power the the draw that he has uh they got to make it I mean Tenshin Asukawa and Takuro has to be made there was rumors that they wanted to do it at the Tokyo Dome on a Risen show. And then, of course, COVID numbers have gone up, and they're trying to keep those down in preparation for the Olympics. So you can see how there was um, uh, uh, that card getting pushed, other cards getting pushed. You, it's understandable. It's not simply just because the COVID numbers have gone up. It's more because the Olympics are coming, and they want to have that as low as possible before the whole world goes and you know, convenes in, in Japan. So, um, great stuff. Great fight. Now excited by it. A couple other fights from that. Cena Kurame uh, gets a knockout of uh, spinning back fist over KG. Uh, Cena's very, very talented. 90 KGs. Just doesn't have anybody to fight. And uh, they're going to run out of the excitement for him if they can't build on that weight class. Problem is, they bring in too many guys. Some, a lot of guys can beat Cena. But in the end, he's very talented. He's got to win. Good stuff here. Kitaro Fujimoto gets a victory over Kusuke. Uh, Ch- uh, Chichikata by knockout right straight. That was some good stuff. Uh, Koji Sikawa got a victory in that one. Yoshihiro Kido came out getting absolutely smashed by Deki uh, Matsushita. Comes out round two, wins by knockout. Nothing more Yoshihiro Kido than that. Uh, still one of the funny, more entertaining guys in the game. Um, it's just the, the fact that that script keeps repeating itself. And the fact that he keeps coming out on top is just something else. Uh, Keto, fun to watch. Really had a fun run the last few years. Not necessarily the most championship-worthy of opposition. Not necessarily one of the better fighters on the planet. But still must-see, all-entertainment, fun guy. Gunapar Rick is continuing his resurgence as he beats Dekai Kiniko by a knockout left straight. Uh, Gunapar had the good run, ran into some tough guys, had some KO losses because he, he, he bangs it out. He's not playing the tie game. He's trying to kill you. And now he's back to, to getting, you know, knockouts and doing well. So Gunnar Parr, one of the most entertaining full rules tie guys to fight. 
uh, kickboxing in the world probably right now. Him, uh, Rateng, those guys, if they do kickboxing, you want to see it. Masaki Nori gets a victory over Source. Uh, Shisupong, um, uh, I believe the first name, Play Chumpong is how it's pronounced. Not a good performance by Nori. I think he was able to win, get up on the cards, played it a little bit safe. I don't think that it was the juiciest of opponent. I don't think that he was that enamored by it, but he played the game, was able to score enough offense. You know, of course, you guys know that's my son. He's an adult now. He's got kids, but like he's he's a great fighter, great fighter. And I hope that they bring in opposition that will bring out the best of him. So I can keep talking about the you know the ins and outs of the whole card, but. That was the main takeaway. That was a very, very uh, good, you know, good card, good fights, and I was excited how things went down there. Uh, one championship had a couple fights of note. Jackie Bunting gets a victory over Ekaterina Van Even, um, talented Jackie Bunting. This one was a little bit more of a human performance because as talented as she is, when she beat Fairtex earlier in the year, she looked game buster. She looked amazing. But I think a lot of it was because of her start. She was able to get the big time, um, how do you say, uh, the big time knockdown early. And then she got someone fighting behind, you know, she got uh, um, Fairtex fighting from behind and just it never came back. So she was never able to get herself back in the game. Whereas this time, Bunton, Katrina didn't take that big shot and they played a close fight. I thought Bunton scored more. Uh, I thought it was good. And... And that's what you want. You don't want Jackie to come in and just dominate everybody. You want some resistance to happen. And I thought that that was a good second fight for her. And we will see her growth continue down the road. Uh, other action, Nikki Holtzkin fought Jeremy Parr. Uh, was able to get a knockout by a head kick. Jeremy Parr, super game. You know, came out one of the great stars in kickboxing and Muay Thai of my generation since I've been in the game. Uh, they agreed to this fight. They pretty much made it on Twitter. You know, I remember seeing that. I remember seeing Nikki saying, hey, what's going on, John? I'd like to fight you here. John Wayne's like, hey, do you come to this way? We can make it happen. John Wayne, even though he's in his mid-40s, everything about him loves this, loves the preparation, wants to fight the best guys in the world. And even though Nikki, whenever Nikki hit him, he was just, you could see the effect on John Wayne. Like, you'd see it score. But mentally, he kept pushing through. Uh, he was knocked down, and he kept going. I remember they were interviewing him afterwards. He didn't even remember some of the knockdowns. But he was locked in on, on doing well. And he said he wanted to fight. He wanted to go against one of the best guys in the world. He thought that he was having success. He wanted to do the fight again. Uh, and he said that um, because they would prove that even at this age, he could hang with one of the best guys. And Nicky was one of the best guys. So he game planned. He, he put in the effort. Just Holtzkin, just too talented, too much. Uh, clean with the boxing. Was able to punch John Wayne in between John Wayne's punches. Uh, to score some of those knockdowns. And then the head kick on the end just was able to catch John right at the right place. So it's just, uh, uh, and again, it wasn't like John was like flat out of it. It was a combination or accumulation of the knockdowns that made them go into that decision. So um, still super talented. Um, and uh, we'll see what the future holds for Nick Holtzkin. And then, of course, John Wayne's down to fight. He'll get himself back into shape. And hopefully they give him a call in the summer. I mean, it's just uh, one championship having the usual trouble of, man, I really like uh, this guy. I'm going to sign them. I'm going to give them a good paycheck. I'm going to use them, and then they don't fight again for, like, another month or two months. And, you know, like, uh, uh, excuse me, another year. You know, uh, like, you get one fight, and you get, you know, big gaps in between, and uh, that's always going to be bad for the sport. So 
hopefully they've worked out that kink and we'll see the best fighting the best. Another fight I want to mention is Janet Todd. She gets a victory over Annie Lynn Hogstad. Uh, Todd came out, as usual, happy, smiling, dancing. Um, she's able to land a uh, inside kick, to switch kick to the body. It just lands perfect. Annie bends over. She's not able to recover from the body shot. Uh, the fight goes to Todd by TKO in the third. They've got something in Janet Todd. Uh, you know, I believe her roots are Filipino, so them doing shows in Singapore is big. She's in California, so it's easy for if they want to make that U.S. transition. They've got a star already kind of built there. Um, bringing her out, of course, you know, build her resume. They are in position to really make a run with her. Uh, there are some things that have come up. I saw that uh, Nissa Mexen, who they finally got a fight, Nissa Mexen had been dis disappointed in her, you know, juice because she got signed, like, I want to say eight months ago, and she sat on the shelf and didn't fight. So she's seeing other people fight. She's seeing Todd fight, like, two or three times over that period of time. So then her coach is just voicing frustration over and over and over. Plus, her coach wants to make that fight. Now, that's going to be a tough one because Mexen is bigger than, you know, Janet Todd. Janet Todd fought a lot at 105 when she was on the IFMA scene, and I believe her fights were at 105 when she first got to one championship. They are just now being around the 115 range, but Anissa Mexen was the glory champion at 122, and I believe the one time they tried to go under that weight, I think she got as low as 118, maybe 117, so she'd have to lose two more. Now, she's in Thailand full-time. For all I know, her, her body has changed, and she is better adapted to it, but... It's going to be a, a tough road for her to make that weight. So I'm curious if um, they decide to, to still go that way. But at the same time, uh, she ain't going to get no love. She misses weight, they ain't fight her. You know what I'm saying? Like They want the, to be the best at her weight class. And Janet Todd is even calling people out who hasn't fought in that weight class. And I've got no problem with that at all. But I can also see from the perspective of... Uh, and it's a Mexican, they're seeing this star kind of blossom, blossom and blow up, and they go, hey, if we fight that girl, we'll be that girl. Uh, you just got to, you know, take your chances. You got to, or you know, see if things work out for you, play the game, or work really, really hard, and hopefully you get the opportunity to make the name for yourself that you would like to. But at the same time, man, it's, it's always going to be tough. Always going to be tough in this game uh, when you are trying to fight the best opposition and uh, one championship. They're building the stable of girls, but they don't quite have them yet. And then right now you are pretty much asking girls to kind of fight extra weight. You don't really have a weight established. You know, 125. Now, if Mexican makes 115 in the next one, then we're into something. You know, if that next fight is at 115, then we've got something. But as it stands right now, I don't see them putting those two together anytime soon. But time shall tell. I'm going to go back over to K1. So from one championship to K1, K1 did a show uh, very recently, May 30th. Uh, we're going to go with Toma Karada as he gets a victory by knockout left straight, 31 seconds in, the, in the Bantamweight title. There was a tournament. I'm just going to talk about the, the top of the tournament. Um, both um, Buro and uh, Karada had good runs. They'd been talking about introducing this weight class, and here we go. You want to get it off and started with a... Um, Oh, excuse me. Is this the weight? This is the new weight? I believe this is the new weight class. I'm, I might have it wrong. Uh, but Karada getting it started, winning by KO, that's what you want. If you're going to get something started, that's where you're going to build it on. You're going to build it on 
high level guys who can crack, you know, and uh, he is a, you know, talented guy, got a KO, so now you can follow the weight class a little bit better. Uh, also on the card, we had Kenta Hiyashi getting a victory over Vitor Tuffinelli by knockout, three knockdowns in the second. That was good. Mio Tetsumura gets a victory over Miyu Sa uh, Sagawara by majority decision. Mio's successes are interesting because clearly Mio is talented. She was friends with uh, Rina. Uh, of the two, Rina is probably the more aesthetically, you know, pleasing to the, the male eye. Mio is definitely cute, but unfortunately, a lot of people have put her in the category of not Rina. And Rina is a very attractive girl, and she's very talented. And clearly, if she was still in kickboxing, that would be a star to build behind. But she's older, you know, and uh, she's been in the game for a long time. I mean, she's been winning, you know, shoot boxing championships since 2010. Here we are in 2021. Now, again, she was younger and in her teen years, but she's had a good run. She's made some good money. Uh, she's moved over to MMA. I'm clearly she's I'm clear she's probably interested in at least getting a UFC opportunity. Uh, so she'll keep fighting. She'll probably keep doing the thing in Risen. And then after getting the UFC call up, maybe do some fights and, and call it a day. She probably doesn't have a kickboxing future, but we still want her in kickboxing because, as I mentioned before, the aesthetic. Like, she has the look. She, she's what you want to see from, you know, a, uh, a female champion. You know, she's got the look, the, the punching power. Um, it will be fun if she were to return. She has not returned, but Mio has not left. So Mio continued to have success in shootboxing, moves over to K1. This is her second victory in K1, if I'm remembering correctly. And they've got something to build on, you know, her and uh, uh, that weight class. We will see what happens down the road. But don't step away from what's happening to her just because it's not, you know, Rena. Sit back and enjoy her for what she is. She's a good combo fighter. She can get knocked down. Uh, she can fight in the pocket. She's a talented person. So shout out to her and hopefully all good things coming forward. Um, the rest of the tournament, just simply, you know, as I mentioned before, there's a flying knee by Tomo Karada early in the, uh, uh, you know, knockout. There, uh, um, let me see, who else am I forgetting? Um, a lot of decisions. I'm trying to remember the KOs. Uh, but uh, Tomo Karada got the decision over Hanada Matsumoto. Okay, I've got that. Sorry, I got my notes all over the place. Um, I really think that Tomo, with the knee knockout and the 31-second knockout, has put himself in a position where, as the winner, he has something to build on. Like, as the uh, a talented guy who, now that we see this, we're like, okay, let's follow this tournament winner. Hopefully, he's able to keep building on it and having success, and uh, we'll see good things for him down the road. Uh, Dezo Sasaki gets a victory over Jin Hiriyomo uh, for the 65KD title and crush. Uh, definitely, Dezo, talented guy. Happy to see that. Koki Tim... Um, Tomimuro gets a victory over Yudo Karada. Uh, that was X-Round split decision, close as it comes. Didn't get to see that fight, so I'm really just kind of giving the results on that. Uh, the crush card was solid, solid names, uh, you know, but I wasn't able to see it like I see other things. So I wish I could give you guys a better right now, but I wanted to give you an honest one and say that's what I saw. Hopefully more good things coming. We'll go ahead and talk, go back to one championship where we had a... Uh, Really cool knockout by Simon Petch Fairtex uh, over Kulam Don. Um, Kulam Don is, uh, he's good, you know what I'm saying? Talented guy from Thailand, but he just got caught with a perfect shot. Goes down, good stuff there. Um, Miles Simpson in a very entertaining fight with Santino Verbeek. 
uh, Miles Simpson has put together a really good career, considering, and he talked about it, when he was in glory, he felt like he was brought in as a B-side, brought in to lose. Came out, lost his first one, brought in to lose the second one, and he got a victory, you know. Uh, he just stayed in there, stayed in the game. That opportunity came and went with glory. Gets this one championship opportunity. Verbeek game put on a good performance. They had a great back and forth. But Miles Simpson had more combo work and was able to get the uh, unanimous decision on the card. So always cool to see when things don't go your way, the career path doesn't go as you were thinking, and then you're able to put it together nicely and get a big-time victory. So uh, really good stuff there. Man, it's just all over the place results at this point. You know, um, there was a uh, May 22nd card that I missed uh, for the knockouts uh Muay Thai organization that they have in Japan. Uh, Bazooka Koki gets a victory over so uh, Soji Otani. 30-25, um, 30-25. I mean, uh, scored a lot of knockdowns in there. Rina Okamoto gets a victory over Amiri by knockout right straight. Uh, always cool to see, you know, uh, uh, female KOs. Shogo Kureki gets a victory over Nori by three knockdown rule. People were getting killed in that card. So wanted to give a quick shout-out to that. And I think I'm going to wrap the show up there. Uh, there was a line fight, good card, not the highest of level in terms of opponent versus opponent, but still good violence in the card. I think I'll cut it off there for the time being, um, and then we'll just get back on track for next week. Um, yeah, was there kickboxing in that one? Yeah, oh, I'll add one more. Um, Toan Chai gets a victory over Sam Clancy by knockout, head kick, one of the coolest you're going to see. Uh, Toan Chai is a fun tie to watch. Uh doesn't play the aggression game like Gunnapar, as we mentioned before. He plays the tie game, but he plays it so smooth right in front of guys, and he's able to find high-level offensive success. Uh, he was able to just pick and score, and he scored a knockdown on Clancy. Clancy always, I say it to my students all the time, there's few things worse than being in there with a guy where everything you do is wrong. That's what it felt like. He was trying stuff, but he just kept getting counted. He couldn't stop the left leg. Then the head kick finally got up there and scored big and probably one of the KO of the year candidates. Um, Clancy will be fine. Talented guy. He'll get opportunities. He just ran into a very, very good tie who was really in the prime of their game. Taiwan Chai, want to see more of you, sir. That was good stuff. So thank everybody for watching. Please forgive me for the break. I think you guys are really going to like that kickboxing series. Uh, I mean, I, I really go through all of it. Like, uh, I spent a lot of time on it, and that's why I took months out to do it. So God bless. Thanks for following the podcast, and I'll talk to you in one week with some results from uh, the Triumphant Card and hopefully a little bit more. So everybody have a good one. Peace.